You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right, so uh, today we've got myself, Coach Brett Fields, and Coach Stephen Davis here again with us uh, for part two of our Being an Assistant series. And so, you know, appreciate these guys coming back in today and, and being here with us. And we're just going to go ahead and jump right into our first segment here. All right, we're here. That is the first place segment. This is part two of Being an Assistant. And our question in the first place segment this time is, what are some things you remember about your first year coaching? Anybody want to start? Um, I'll start. Mine's kind of short. Um, I jokingly say that I have, um, what do I say, like a quarterback's memory. Um, I, I honestly, I look forward. I don't look back a lot on what I've done um personally but my first year coaching I remember that um I learned so much about how to be a coach and maybe not necessarily how to coach uh that year you know um I was 18 at the time just doing B team like not a big deal kind of volunteer status uh was able to stick around with the varsity when we didn't have anything on B team and I mean honestly the thing that kind of sticks with me is being around good people and good coaches. So um, I was around some guys that maybe are not necessarily into coaching anymore because, you know, B team's kind of uh, extreme, right? It's either guys who are at the end of the career or at the beginning of their career. And um, near the end of the year, I was able to get a little bit of input on, like, making a stunt call as far as on Thursday nights and stuff. Um, That's something that the – play caller let me do as far as on the defense side of the ball, but really like to stick back to it, to keep the answer short, it's kind of learning how to be a professional, uh, what to do and what not to do, how to be a coach, not necessarily learning the ins and outs of how to be a good coach during practice that comes with experience. But that first year for me is like how to be a professional, right? What are the things to do and not to do, especially at 18. And so in I know you've probably mentioned it before, but you were at Berkeley, correct? Yeah. Who were some of the coaches that you were with at Berkeley that year? Um, so Matthew Bradbury was there uh, as far as the B team level. Um, he was still coaching at the time. He's the athletic director at Cross High School now, uh, which is funny because when I left, he got the job out there. So we kind of crossed paths again just for a, a millisecond. Um, coach Jesse Abrams was, I believe, the head B team coach at that time. Um, I think he moved back up north, a uh, good coach to be around. And then I came into coaching the same time as a guy uh, named McCray Finch. Uh, he's a principal now at Wando High School, but we kind of came in at the same time. He was doing offensive line. I was doing defensive line. And then shout out to the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mal Lawyer, came in um, with our head coach and with us and started at the B team level. You know, shout out 
the outlaws, the founder of the outlaws. I know he's watching this or listening to this. Sorry. So came in with a really good group of guys and was able to learn a lot from them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So coach Davis, you want to go, you want me to go? Yeah. So mine for me is very personal. It's not even about the, the X's and O's or the ins and outs of baseball for me. It was the last time my grandpa saw me on the baseball field. And so he watched me play growing up. And when I decided I wanted to coach that first year at Bowling Springs, when I was, when I was coaching the, the 16 U team, um, I got him and my mom to come watch a game that I was coaching. And I remember talk, having a conversation with him after, and he was there when we won the state championship my senior year. And so he saw my last days of playing and my first days of coaching. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, man, I, if I thought you felt at home when you played, I, I, I see it now, it, you as a coach. He's like, I've never seen you more at home. You look like you fit. You just looked like you knew what you were doing. And he, he just made him the way, as proud as he was, it really solidified it for me and validated for me that, yeah, yeah this, this is what, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is where I'm meant to be. And this this was a baseball guy. I mean, he was – I remember going over there and watching baseball is, you know, since I could walk. Yeah. Um, he was a baseball guy. So, you know, and, and when we made a run in the state championship to kind of go back a little bit, he was there for that. And I remember him telling me, he's like, man, some of the things y'all are doing, he's like, I've never seen. You know, a walk-off in the bottom of the seventh and lower state, a walk-off in the state championship. He's like, some of these things we're doing I've never seen. And then to, to hear him say that to me was like, okay, I can do this. Like, I'm, I, this is what I want to pursue. So that's that's the first memory for me. It's probably a little different from a lot of coaches out there, but it's the personal part for me that I'm like, yep, this is what I want to do. This is where I need to be. So shout out to, to Grandpa there. Sweet. So, and uh, you've talked about that before with me. I remember you telling me that. Uh, so just that first year of coaching, talk about some of the other coaches that you were around maybe or what you might remember as far as that goes. So I, I just mentioned, I mentioned in the last episode, David Lancaster yep. was a guy that really helped me get my start. Um, he, I don't know why he saw something in me and saw that I needed to be out there, but he did. And you know him because he ran the softball team, but he was a part of that. And, um, and, and my high school coaches were still a big part of that. I remember sitting down and talking with them and saying, so what's the difference between me on the player side and me on the coaching side? You know, I saw why they did some of the things they did when they were coaching me compared to now, hey, I'm a colleague. Like, well, you know, we had to do what we had to do to win at the time. You know, you, you think about, well, when you're a player, like, well, why do coach do this or why do they do that? And then not even two years later, you're on the other side of it and you're like, okay, I get it. I understand now why you did that and why you coach this way. So, you know, Coach Lipscomb, Coach Golf, Coach Hughes, all those guys that were born at Bowling Springs, they were still there when I was when I was doing that. So big shout out to them. Um, still try to do the things that they did back then. So those are the big memories from my first year, first couple of years coaching. Yeah, and that's kind of like how I lead into my situation too. It's and that's why I asked you guys about the coaches because for me, what I remember most about that first year were the coaches that I worked with. Um, 
you know, I, I coached at Chapman High School. And quick little plug, I did coach Debo Samuel when he was in ninth grade. No big deal. Debo. Shout out Debo. I don't know ripping if you're listening up, to this. But ripping up the league, bro. Probably doesn't even remember who I am. But, probably you know, <laughs> but coach Debo. So, yeah, kind of like Coach Fields, I was doing – they call it ninth grade football in the upstate. So, I was, I was helping with the ninth grade football team. Yeah, and for, for those who don't know, that B team, like lower level football, is literally middle school ninth grade football. Uh, yeah, for the people who don't know. Yeah, so I, and I was coaching ninth grade at Chapman High School, and if you listen to the other episode, uh, Coach Farmer was my offensive coordinator in high school, and so he took the head job there. And when I got to college, uh, I went over there and helped him. And really, what I remember most is the coaches. So, Coach Jay Guest, um, Coach Carr, Coach Gray. I coached with those guys on the ninth grade staff. So, shout out if you guys are listening. But they made me feel so welcome and appreciative. Like, we weren't very good. Yeah, like, at, a, at a young age, too. Yeah, like, yeah. and so we had just transitioned to 3A from 2A, where they had just gone to the state championship, but different level of competition. But, you know, here I am, a college student, and I come over, and they just let me do whatever I wanted to do. I mean, obviously, I knew the offense real well, but every day – each one of them would tell me, Coach, thanks for being here, man. We appreciate you coming to help us. And that has stuck with me for a long time um, because, it, you know, sometimes you go and you're in situations where you might not feel appreciated. And yeah. so that just for them to, you know, be in the coaching profession way longer than I have been and had way more success than I had been or had had, I mean, it's my first year, and these guys are telling me thank you for coming to help. And it just is something that stuck with me. And it's, you know, if I ever do become a head coach and I have a staff, uh, you know, I want to always make sure I let them know that I'm thankful for the time and the effort that they put in. So go ahead, Coach. Well, you got something? Well, Coach, like I was coming off a state championship team where I was probably the 12th guy out of 13, and my head baseball coach is saying, yeah, I want you to come coach my football team. And, like, me sitting there, like, I don't even know if you really know who I am because I was the 12th guy out of 13 guys on a state championship team, and you're asking me to come coach your team. He's like – because he's like, I know how you worked. He's like, you showed up to practice every day, went to work. You never complained. You know, you're, you're a guy I want to coach these young guys coming up because you're you're Bowling Springs baseball. Yeah. Like, you, you bought into it. You worked yeah. hard. And for me, that was like, man, this is the best compliment I could ever get. Right. Like you didn't have, like, I didn't get playing time. Like I, I, I mean, I, I played a little bit. I'll never, Cam, you know, I never claimed to have had a lot of part in that state championship team. I did play some, but for him to not go after some of the guys that were stars per se, but like go out and say, hey, yeah, I want you to be my coach. Yeah. I want you to come onto my staff was was huge for me. It was like, yep, I, I can do this. So. I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Coach Fields, you got anything before we move to the next segment? Uh, G-Rap's not power. <laughs> G-Rap is not power. Ben Beck, good luck this weekend, buddy. Uh, yeah, sorry. So that's the first place segment. We are going to move on to our third segment, which is the triple option segment. So hold tight, and we will be right back. And this is segment three, uh, the triple option segment. If you listen to our last episode, uh, obviously we talk about 
questions or topics and we try to list our three keys or our top three choices for something. So today's question in the triple option segment is, uh, and we preface this, last time we talked about what are your top three characteristics of a good assistant coach. Well, as assistants, we've all worked for someone, so we're going to kind of change it up. So today, what are your top three characteristics of a good head coach? All right, so I guess I'll go first. Um, I think the first one that you need to make sure of before you accept that assistant coach job is, are you working for a good communicator? Um, that head coach needs to be able to communicate to his assistants what he wants. Um, communication is the cause of all conflicts in this world, honestly. No matter what uh, comes down to it, communication's an issue, right? So you want to make sure you're working for a guy who can communicate effectively and is not just going to rip you over things that he hasn't gone over with or she hasn't gone over with with you, no matter what the sport is. Uh, number two for me as far as what we're looking for in a head coach is I'm looking for somebody, honestly, who's organized. Um, I'm looking for somebody who he's going to have a list or she's going to have a list or going to know what to do because your job as an assistant is just to have a role. You're a role player as an assistant, okay? Um, your head coach is, uh, one, getting paid more than you, even if it's a little bit, no matter the sport. And two, they are in a role that they are managers of people. You're the manager of your position, right? But also you have a limited group of tasks that you've been given. But if your head coach can't organize that and tell everybody, you know, what he wants done or she wants done, there's going to be an issue and that's going to get frustrating for you. So number two for me would be organization. And then number three is honestly somebody who's, able to keep you on your toes and not a lot of people are going to want this but you need somebody who is going to constantly challenge you and i'm not saying challenge you to a screaming match it's somebody who's going to make you learn who's going to make you have to do the stuff that you don't want to do because he's going to call you out on it if you don't um i think that's huge as far as being a part of a good program and being with the head coaches you want that guy who if you are doing wrong is going to jump you, you know what I mean? Is just going to jump all over you and maybe not in front of the kids, but going to be like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Like get it together because as, as an assistant coach, there's times you don't want to do things or maybe you want to slack on things or maybe you miss something. Well, you want your head coach to be knowledgeable and to be able to kind of fix those things and keep you growing and learning, right? That way you can constantly be challenged. So that would kind of be my three guys. Yeah, see, this is this is a good like little segment because it's tough to just talk about three because there's so many. So many. And, I mean – And, Coach, can I stop you real quick? I had this on my mind too. Go ahead. Um, I think that and, – and this is just kind of a preview of something we're going to do in the future. This is different than what you're looking for, I think, when you're just taking an assistant coach job. Yes. This is what you're looking for in the head coach because we can do – and we're going to do an episode on – things you need to look for when you take an assistant coach job, Absolutely. right? This is just what you're looking for in qualities of a head coach. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're going to have similar thoughts on some of these. I, I love the communication. Obviously that's huge organization. And then like you said, keep you on your toes. I've coached for someone who's done that. 
And guess what? I learned a lot of good things from someone like that. Right. So um, those are three good ones. I, it's funny because I actually created a list a couple of years ago. And I actually I'm looking at this list. I can't read all of it because it's so much. But I labeled it a coach I want to coach for. And I try to label some stuff, and I just kind of look through here and pick out some things. Mr. All-Star, by the way, just uh, just quick sorry. plug of I've done this he, two he years He is the ago. one leading the conversation right yeah. now. So. You know, so anyway, going on to the next thing. Here, um, I think one for me would be hold everyone accountable. Um, and that's kind of like you talked about with, like, keep you on your toes, yeah. challenge you. You got to hold everyone accountable. I want the head coach to hold me accountable the JV coach accountable, the B team coach accountable, the kids, the quarterback, the kickers, just hold everyone accountable. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of one for me. I, mine says clear with expectations, which is, I guess, still organized and communication kind of yeah. all rolled in one. And then my last one is kind of what I touched on earlier when I coached at Chapman. The, those coaches that I was with, they made me feel appreciated and they told me thank you. But Mine would be like if you have a head coach that, you know, from the first stretch to the last whistle in practice, he's tough and, you know, he's demanding, that's fine. But at the end of the day, hey, coach, thanks. I appreciate what you're doing. It goes a long way. I mean, whether, the, whether your head coach knows what he's doing or not, at least if he says, hey, you know, I appreciate what you're doing, Thank you. It's going to at least make you feel okay about coming back it'll, the next day. It'll breed loyalty too. Yes. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah. And so those are, those are kind of my three things. And then I'll just kind of swing it over here to coach Davis. I'm, I'm again going to go with three different things here that we haven't talked about today. My first thing is going to be service. Like what is your head coach doing? Is he, is he going to service? Is he out there doing things that, that he's asking you to do because he's done servant it. leadership. Yes, yeah, servant yeah. leadership. Like I, I want to be a need for everybody. I'm gonna be the umbrella. Like, what do you need? How can I help you? You if your if your position group's struggling or if this is struggling, I want to come to you and help you. Um, my second thing is relationships. And some of that goes back to what you've talked about. Like, hey coach, I appreciate you. That that's all building relationships. You gotta build relationships with your assistant coaches, and that breeds what? Loyalty, like yep. you just talked about. Yep. So for me, it's it's a servant leader, um, it's relationships, and and it's communication. I mean, and being a coach of coaches. Yeah. Like you have to as a good a good head coach. If I if I want to work for a guy that has a track record of just hiring a bunch of guys that have already done it before, like you know that you want to be you want to know that you can be grown in the program. Yeah. Like you want to know that this guy's going to be, hey, you don't know how to do this. It's okay. I can show you how to do it. Right. And you're not going to feel embarrassed asking him, well, I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before. Can you, and they can get you there. So like being a servant leader, relationships and, and, and communicating, being coach with coaches are my three big things um, to be a head coach for me. Can I uh, just have a hot take here? Hot take. Here? Hot take. Yeah, so this is why we're doing this. Um, Where's my soundboard? And hot I'm, take. We need a button for that. I'm going to keep it quick, but here's a hot take for you guys who are in assistance right now. We're not saying that you need to be looking for a nice guy. We're not talking about 
him being nice to you. Okay. Cause sometimes you're being a dumb, a, eh? and you need to be fixed. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're, when we say relationships and appreciation, we're not talking about finding the nicest guy in the world because the nicest guy in the world is probably getting run over by somebody. Okay. So when we say building relationships, that guy might be super tough on you. He's not going to pat you on the butt and tell you you're going to be a head coach someday, every single day. But we're looking for honest, genuine relationships. Like, can that guy build a relationship with me as an assistant and with my players too? So that's my little hot take. We're not just looking for somebody to be nice to us. Yeah. And, again, we've we've coached in different places. And another good thing about this segment is you can also take it as if one day you want to be a head coach, well, we're assistants that have coached for people that have either, have either done this, not done this. But if you want to be a head coach, well, here's the words we got. Communication, organization, keep you on your toes, challenge you, hold everyone accountable, be clear in expectations, be thankful, servant leadership, build relationships, and then communication was on there again. So, yeah, obviously – yeah. These are some things that we've experienced as assistants or we've coached with someone who's had these qualities. So that's kind of what we're doing this for, you know, sharing our insights. Obviously, we want to get more people on here. We're going to get head coaches on here and we're going to talk to them about what they look for in assistant coaches and, you know, their experiences. But that's that's kind of what we're doing here and what we want to share with everybody. So that's the triple option segment you guys anything else before we move on to the next one g-rap is not power (laughs) hashtag hashtag g-rap is not power aka ben beck all right so that is the triple segment i mean sorry the triple option segment before we move on to our next segment which is the two minute drill All right, we are here in the two-minute drill segment for today. A couple of different questions, rapid fire. Our last episode, we went Coach Davis, Coach Fields. Now we're going to go Coach Fields, Coach Davis, then myself. I get to cheat a little bit. So, All right, here we go. Two-minute drill starting right now. Coach Fields, favorite route? Oh, my God. Uh, single <laughs> receiver? Or yes, what? one route. What? Fade. Okay, come back. Oh, I like it. I like the post route. All right. Um, on the field or up top? This is, Are we calling it right now? Am I calling it? Yeah. If I'm calling it, I'm up top. That's what I want. Okay. All right. If I'm an assistant, I'm on the field. If I'm up top, if I'm calling it. I'm okay. Up well, top. we're going to – I'm going to scratch. We're going to rewind this. If you're a coordinator on the field or up top, Coach Fields. Up top. All right. Better. Up top. All right. Yeah, Come I, on. Uh, on the field. All right. If you're an assistant, not calling it on the field or up top. On the field, 100,000. On the field. I like being on the field. I mean, okay, it's, that's another time. That's two-minute drill. Here we go. All right. Um, pro or college football? Pro. College. Loser. What a loser. It's college football. It's college football. All right, here we go. Mobile QB with an average arm or a great arm with no mobility? Mobile QB all day long. Mobile. Yeah, I gotta have, gotta escape That's the pocket. The gotta escape right the pocket. Yep. All right. Um, stud, running back or wide receiver? Running back. Wide receiver. Ah, I like the running back. I, I mean, I, yeah. Okay, running back. All right. Stud, D end or D tackle? D tackle. D end. I like the D ends, baby. Go get it. 
All right. Eat. Um, offensive head coach or a defensive head coach? That I'm working for? Yes. Offensive head coach. Offensive? Yeah. That's two defensive coaches saying that. Offensive. I don't know. It just, that's another, I could, we could dive into that, but I'm going to say offensive. All right. Saturday or Sunday meeting? I've never done it, but Saturday. All right. Yeah, sounds like Saturday morning is the deal. I love it. It's been good. Morning. Saturday. All right. Last one. No, I've got two. I'm sorry. This is going past two minutes. Least favorite holiday. Least favorite holiday? Yep. Probably Thanksgiving. Oh. Thanksgiving food is trash. Loser. New He's New not invited to Friendsgiving. Hurry up, Davis. New Year's Eve. I said New Year's Eve. Oh, New Year's Eve. All right. Well, mine's Halloween. Can't stand it. All right. Last one. Home playoff game or road playoff game? Home playoff game. Home. Road playoff. Home. Road yeah, playoff. you don't have to drive the bus. I don't care. Home. I like going into somebody's house and, and beating and, 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 and This is talking season. about a guy who yeah, doesn't yeah. have a CDL, by the way, so <laughs> he doesn't have to drive home at 11 p.m. I tried. I can't. You can get home all the way through. Why would you not want that? I've done both. I just like That's his answer. Road. Let's move on. Come on. All right. That's it. That's the two-minute drill. It was three minutes, so... All right, we're cutting a two-minute drill. It went to a little overtime there, but that's it. All right, so now it is time for our air it out session. Um, again, this if you listen to the last podcast, the air it out session is a little more of the meat and potatoes. It's a little more of the roundtable type stuff. Last, uh, you know, last segment was a fun segment. We're going to go kind of into the serious stuff here. And, you know, we're going to get started there. So we got two questions today. And I'll start us out with the first question. This first question for the aired out section is, what are some of the most challenging aspects of being an assistant coach? So I think we've hit this uh, already in some of these episodes, or excuse me, parts, would be uh, just staying in your role, staying in your lane. Right. So that's super challenging, like seeing things that may be wrong or that you wouldn't do and being able to just be like, hey, man, that that's not my job. Like I can't begin to worry about other people's job. When I'm the head coach, I can do that. But that's not my role right now. My role is to grow where I'm planted. Right. Mm -hmm. To be great at where I am now. Uh, So I feel like that's probably, you know, selfishly your ego is super hard when you're an assistant coach. Also, when you get your butt chewed out, it is hard to be a man and be a a good coach and take it and say, yes, sir, and move on and not be selfish and maybe a little egotistical and be like, well, screw you, man, even if you're wrong, you know? So I feel like that's another thing that's like, put your ego to the side, Bo. Like, Screw your feelings, honestly. Yeah. Like just being honest right now, because that's what we're trying to do. When you're an assistant coach, if you're doing something wrong, you may not see it, and some, you know, somebody above you, coordinator, or head coach, sees it, and they go to fix it. Let them fix it. You know, you may be doing something wrong. We've all done something wrong. I do something wrong every day. Okay, but if your head coach comes over there and he's maybe a little upset at you, there's probably a reason for that. Okay. They talk about Nick Saban and the passion stuff all the time and how he, like, cares for the kids and the assistants. And he's always, like, looking like he's ripping them a new one. Well, he's built that trust with them more than likely, right? And he, he's upset about it because they're not doing what he wants in his program. So 
if you're not doing the right thing or you make a mistake, don't get your feelings hurt if your head coach is a little upset at you, okay? So I feel like a third thing, too, is um, within knowing your role is doing it every single day, right? Like not getting bored with just being an assistant and maybe doing the same reading keys every day or the same fundamentals. Like find a way to make it not boring to you and to the kids while you're still working on the same stuff. So I think that's three things for me that are pretty hard as an assistant coach. Yeah, so if you haven't figured it out, Coach Fields likes threes. Yeah. He's a big threes guy. Yeah, um, three guy. We already had the triple option segment, Coach Fields. You Sorry. have to give three. We could have – but anyway, I, I like picking on Sorry, Coach Fields man. about his threes. He does yeah. love threes. I've coached with him. Yeah, I, I've, It's kind of rubbed off on me as well, the three things. We get in the habit of doing threes. I was sitting here oh, yeah. just talking about thinking about the threes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and what we'll do is like – you know, we can kind of make a point because I want to like grab on to what you said and kind of talk more about it is kind of how I want to do it. You talked about the, the, like the ego thing and the pride thing. And I'm, I'm not ashamed or afraid to say that my time in working with coach Steve Tannehill, that it was a, it was a challenge, especially at first. Yeah. And coach T, if you are listening to this, I have the utmost respect for you. I learned a bunch of stuff from you and I appreciate the way that you, coached me on how to be a coach because I learned so much now because like what you just said coach T would call you out when something wasn't right I mean it's his program and he knows the way he wants and if if he didn't like it he was going to call you out and at first as a 24 25 year old kid that's tough you're like dude's just like giving me down the road and I'm like man freak you like I'm, I'm ready to quit yeah but then at the end of the day you know, he, he walks off the practice field and he's like, hey, you know, Cam, L, where you guys want to go eat? Yeah. Because now, and I'll preface that by saying he, like, when he got the job, he told us that's how he was going to be like. Communication. He's like, exactly. Yeah. Up front, he's like, guys, I'm going to coach the players hard and I'm going to coach you hard. But when you step out of the practice area, it's over with and it's done You're with. all grown men. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, the way he coached me, it made me – like, I didn't want to get fussed at. Like, yeah. I didn't want to be called out because that that's – you know, that's, like, embarrassing for you to be called out in front of your kids. Yeah, I mean, and nobody I'm not, wants anybody upset. Well, know? here's the thing. I'm not saying that there's a right way or a wrong way or that was right or wrong, but it made me be a better coach because I made sure I was overprepared. Right. I made sure the fundamentals were taken care of. And I made sure my position coach, I was coaching him as hard as I possibly could. Yeah. So, you know, to me, he helped me understand that it was my role to be the best position coach that I could be. He didn't let me talk to the quarterbacks. He let nobody talk to the quarterbacks. That was not my job. If you said something to the quarterbacks, you was he's gonna give you down the road too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like the what you said. As an assistant coach, you have to throw your ego and your pride to the side. Yeah. At least. To a certain extent. I mean, right. obviously, there there are coaches in this world that maybe they're like that, but and they don't really care about you, and, and you're in a bad situation. But still, at the same time, if it's your job to coach your kids, then you need to focus on your responsibilities and yeah. not anybody else's. So just kind of ping-ponging off what you said. Well, I, I think patience is a big thing. It's a challenge because you, you want a bigger role. You want – and you might think you're ready for a bigger role before you really are. Right. And that's that's the head coach. I think everybody thinks that. And I, but it comes down to what? Communication. Yeah. 
and and you have to talk about that role because every year you should have a top opportunity to talk to your head coach in your program and say, well, what's your role? Okay, well, this is how we map that out. Yeah. And, and it comes with also a sense of urgency, I think, as an assistant coach because you've got to work to wanting and to prove that you want to be at that next level. Yeah. Wherever you're at, if you're a B-team coach, you got to prove that you want to be a – if you want to be that because every program's got to have those guys that are good with being a B-team coach Guys are good being a JV coach because yeah. you can't survive if everybody wants to be a varsity coach. Right. You can't as a program you can't and you can't survive if every coach wants to be a B team coach. Right. So as an assistant, you got to decide what you want to be, and then your actions have to show it. And sometimes it's challenging when your actions are showing what you want to be and you're not getting it in your program. Right. Because you may have eight dudes on the varsity staff that have been there for twenty years. You're not gonna you're not gonna get that spot. No. So you have to patiently wait. Or the the real challenge of assistant coach is, when do I leave? Yeah. If you're not getting, if you're not going to get that role because yeah. there's eight or this nine. This is good stuff, guys. If, More of like, like, and I, I hate to say selfish, but what Coach Davis is talking about is things that, as an assistant coach, you're going to have to I have these conversations. It. I with experienced yourself. it first firsthand yeah. because I left as an assistant coach to be a head coach. Yeah. So you have to – your goals, if your goals are to be a certain thing, and you, you say – because every coach will interview you, you say, what's your five-year plan? Yeah. Well, when you get close to that five years, if you're not getting it in that program and there's an opportunity, another one, to hit that goal, the tough thing's to leave. Yeah. You know, and so that's – to me, as an assistant – because I was a guy that was in that role, the hardest thing is being patient and then knowing when it's time to go somewhere else. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I mean, I like all the stuff that we're, we're talking about. I mean, and, you know, because, like, the question, it's it says, what's your most important roles, responsibilities? There's There are a lot of important roles. I mean, like you said, I, I like what you said in, the, in a segment before, is you need to figure out what your role is supposed to be yeah. first and foremost, and then you just go be the best that you can at that role. And again, you may be in a situation in a job where you've reached your ceiling, like you, you've reached your ceiling and, and it's time for you to go in and figure out another role at a different place. Start at a higher floor to have a higher ceiling. Yeah. So, and know. I mean, I have an example of that myself and it's pretty simple, but like knowing your role, um, when I got to Cane Bay, you know, Russell and I had talked before about maybe coming over there and then this opportunity came up and he straight up as a good communicator told me and i'm i know y'all don't know me but i'm not really like a super egotistical guy so i knew this jumping in but he said look coach that this is not a coordinator spot okay um he said I'm, I'm just offering you right now a position you know to be our defensive line coach that's i know that's not your main position i know you can coach other things but that's what's open right now and if you want to come be with us this is what it is, but this is not a coordinator position. I'm still the defensive coordinator at Cane Bay, so bringing you in is not going to be a coordinator position. So from the jump, before I even said yes, he set those clear expectations with me right there and then, you know? Yeah. Well, and I can speak from experience a little bit in a different way, but kind of similar is, you know, Coach Robinson, who we worked for at Berkeley, retired. Yeah. And now Coach Brown has come back to Berkeley 
And my roles have completely shifted. Completely flipped. I, I, mean, I can tell you that from experience, just you know, being you, around this guy. You, you go from having a lot of input, whereas Coach, Coach Robinson was a, you know, I'm going to let you guys coach your position. You know, you guys put the game plans together. If I don't like it, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you know when you screw up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was – that's I, Coach, Coach Tannehill, when I worked with him, it was his stuff, his stuff. Yeah. You do what I tell you to do. I mean, obviously, you coach your position. I'm going to let you coach your position, and I'm going to let you know if I think it's not right. And, you know, so I had a lot of responsibility with Coach Robinson and then Coach Brown, who's – I mean, he's been coaching for a long time, and he's he knows the way he wants to do things. Yeah. So it's, you know, he comes in and I'm fortunate enough to, you know, still be there and he, he wants to keep me on staff. And, and so he's asked me to take on a different role than I'm used to. And it's, it's tough. Like it's hard to go from a lot of responsibility to going back to just focusing on a single position group yeah. or something like that. So it's tough. And, and as a coach, if you're going to get into this thing, your whole career is not going to be the same. You're not going to just coach – receivers your whole career and that, at one place you want to do yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be different well you're also not going to see the whole picture you're going to think yeah. you fit in a certain way when the head coach is going to say no i see you fitting in here right and that that's hard for coaches too because you think well i was a quarterback guy well we have a quarterback coach but you know you know what you want your receivers to do so we're, we're going to coach you how to coach receivers yeah. you need somebody out there and so it, you also got to think that head coach is trying to put a puzzle together and he's got to put all these pieces together. It's not together. all about you. So if you've you know, got to just take a like step, we tell the players, right? You've got to take a step back sometimes, and sometimes we're as bad as our players. Yep, we really are. Yep, we're in the co- we're in the teacher profession. And sometimes you say, "Dang, teachers are just as bad as kids." Yeah, because we, you know, it's you've got to take it. You've got to take a step back. Yep, take a deep breath. Be grateful for where you're at because someone took a chance on you. Because I guarantee you, there's other people who want your job too. That's a fact. Like the, the coaching profession is hard to get into. And if you really want to get into it, you're going to have to check yourself at the door and take some take some crap from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're going to half the time they're going to see who's going to take it and stick around. Yeah. So, you know. Well, and we've we've kind of circled around a <laughs> lot of different stuff yeah. here. But and so it, like again, challenging aspects. One that I would say and we if you want to elaborate on it, we can keep going or we can kind of move on to the next thing. But it's time. It is a time-consuming thing. All right. Uh, Coach Davis and I are both married. Coach Fields has been in a long relationship. He has a significant other. If you're coaching and, and you're married or you have a family and kids, it is time. Like, Coach Davis just had a kid. And yeah. the time that he spent coaching football, he needed to get away from that to be the best dad and, and yeah, husband that he could take, be. So take this year off. I mean, it is a you, you're gonna spend time, and if you're not the head coach, it's not your decision. Like, if the coach says you need to be there at seven o'clock in the morning, and you're not leaving till two o'clock in the afternoon, well, guess what? That's you, you got to deal it. with it. So, yeah. it's time is a challenge as well. Um, you guys got anything else before we move on to the next question? All right, so we'll move on to this next question. All right, final question of the final segment, our aired out segment here. Uh, this is question two. And it is, as an assistant coach, what are some of the more detrimental things that you have seen from a bad assistant? Ooh, this is tough. Yeah. Yeah. This so, I mean, it could be. This is like honesty hour here. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, I, I would say the negative Nancy's of the staff. Like, you can't just constantly be saying what you can't do 
what your kids can't do, where we're not very good. Like they'll just, and then you start, you start collect the other coaches. Yeah, man, we, we, we're just not very good on defense. We're just not very good here. I think that's, that's really bad for a staff, for a group of kids. Um, and because you, you've talked about it, Coach Willis, you're the coach and they're letting it happen. So when I hear, when I hear coaches say, man, we, we can't, we can't do this. We can't, we can't run this play. We can't run this scheme. I'm sitting there thinking, well, why not? Like, are we not coaching the guys up to do it the way we want to do it? Yeah. You know, I just I, I think that's a big cancer on staff is just having guys that constantly complain about what you can't do. Yeah, I mean, my 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 biggest thing is I'm sure we've all been a part of something that we didn't just I mean that we didn't agree with or we thought wasn't very smart. But the thing is, is it's not your I guess what I'm trying to say is like when you openly go to other assistants or you're openly talking about it, how terrible this or that is with other like coaches, you're only creating a bigger cancer, I guess. Is well, what... I think there should be a five minute rule. Like I think everybody gets upset for something that happens, but like after five minutes, you should be over it. Yeah. You should be finding a solution. But if you keep going longer than that, then it, it just it consumes everything that you're then you're talking about 15 minutes 20 minutes and that that's that's a problem well i mean and yeah like you know if you're close with somebody like coach fields and i coach together we, we've you know grown pretty close and when we coach together sure we would share things with each other but i don't know it's kind of like a trust factor type deal but like if you're sitting in the coach's office with you know, seven other coaches in there and the head coach isn't there. And you're like, oh, well, man, why we do this? That was stupid. Then that's that's very well, detrimental it, it, to what you're trying to, to do. And it starts to leak to other coaches. And other absolutely. coaches that, that start to agree because yeah. as, as that's what you do it because that's what you do as a whole. You start to your your ideas, your philosophy starts to grab other coaches with you because as yeah. a whole, because we've talked about football staffs are bigger staffs. So if you've got seven guys on your staff and four of them are talking a certain way. The other three are bound to, to join them. It's just because you're around each other too much. Yeah. So be the three or four that are positive and you will outweigh the ones that, that aren't positive. Yeah. To where, to where the other coaches maybe don't want to be around them and then they either have to get on board or they seem like an outcast. That's, that's just my thought on it. I mean, because at the end of the day, okay, if I'm an assistant and there's someone who's been a head coach Obviously, they're the head coach. They got there for a reason. All right. That you know, I I can sit here and be, you know, armchair quarterback about well, I would have done this, 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 and this. Well, that guess what? I ain't in that position. Yeah. So it's it's my job to coach. Car. Exactly. So it's easy to and it, it, as coaches, we know like as fans, you know, they can sit in the stands and say, Oh, why are we just run the ball at the middle every time or get him or you know stuff like that block, but line, block. they don't know and like you don't really know i mean obviously so there's a lot of different ways that you could go and and i'm interested to yeah. see what coach fields is going to bring to the table here so um i think everybody whines and complains as an assistant absolutely when you're not in the position of power that you maybe want to be or think that you could be in you're going to whine and complain and I agree wholeheartedly with what Coach Davis and Coach Willis is saying. And I'm going to give you an example of 
you know, maybe whining and complaining versus being a cancer. So um, after Friday is probably my greatest memory as a coach, as far as selfishly and personally, we would, some of our staff at Berkeley, we'd stay and we would start <laughs> doing laundry. Cam knows what I'm talking about here. Yeah. And we'd go to Taco Bell and it was, um, I, dude, or Arby's, sorry. And it was an absolute blast because we would have to stay and do laundry. Okay. And while we're waiting on a load to flip, we would go to Taco Bell. And we would, Arby's, Arby's or, sorry, we did have to go to Taco Bell. You go to Taco Bell time. now. It's, it's yeah, Arby's. Yeah, it's in, Arby's. In but uh, shout out Coach Christensen getting that extra drink all the time. The curve. <laughs> uh, that's and right. Brandon Cantrell for always giggling and laughing while we're trying to order and making a big deal about it. But regardless, man, that was our time to kind of vent and uh, honestly, like, just whine and complain a little bit. But here's the deal. It didn't turn into a cancerous thing. True. It was our time to vent as a staff, and it honestly grew us a little closer. And at the same time, we're still getting stuff done, okay? We're not back there instead of coaching or working. We're not sitting there saying, man, our head coach is an idiot because he's running up the middle too much, right? Um, just for example, some things that I have seen is things like a team period, um, a coach, instead of coaching his position group, is back there trying to rally other coaches onto what we're doing is stupid. You know what I mean? That's different from just whining and complaining and being selfish, right? Because we're not saying it's the right thing to do, but every assistant does it. But what it can't turn into is you trying to find somebody like Coach Davis was saying to come to your side and turn on your head coach. Like at the end of the day, you know, if you have your little whining session, we would go to Arby's and come back. And guess what we're doing when we're coming back? We're moving on. Like, yep. we're literally doing our job, which was flipping more laundry, right? Absolutely. Hanging game jerseys. Like, that's part of the brotherhood of coaching is whining and venting to each other and being boys. But, like, being a cancer, that is so detrimental because then you stop coaching your position group and you start dividing. Yes. And it's, and it's such a fine line. It, it really is, is because Because you're right. We're not saying everybody's perfect. Yeah. There there are moments where you have time with your boys where you close the door to your office and you and you talk and you vent and then you move on and you and you say, well, you got to coach it up. Yeah. Right? At the end of it, you say, we got to coach it up. Got to coach it up. It, yeah, it should bring you together. And some coaches turn into a cancer, man. And when they turn into a cancer bow, it's so easy to tell. And they've got to go. Mm-hmm. They've got to go. Yeah. And it's sad because some head coaches, they don't see it. They've got so much other stuff to do. They don't necessarily see that cancer, right, until it's too late. But, like, and we say cancer, like, we're, we're saying it so you understand the term. And you've probably been on a staff with a guy like this or a, a girl like this. They're just negative, right? Everything's, it's not really whining. It's what we do is so stupid. What we do is this. What we do is that. And then their position group, honestly, starts to fall, fade away and they start sucking, to be completely honest with you. And it's not the kid's talent. It's because their coach won't coach them up. You're either coaching or letting it happen. It basically it becomes detrimental when you get mad or you think something stupid or dumb, and then you let it affect how hard you coach. Yeah. Um, because again, I, I've all, I'm a fan of the text a buddy type yeah. deal. Like if you get mad, text a buddy or text yeah. somebody's. You, I promise you, in our group chat that we have with coaches, 
it ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. There's a lot of whining and complaining. Yeah. There's a lot. But I, I think that I can say for these guys sitting here and, and the coaches that I know real well, yeah, we might complain about some things or feel a certain way, but it doesn't affect how we go out there and coach. Like, it's just like a way of life, essentially. Being an adult is essentially what we're saying. Yeah. Like, don't let it affect your your job. That's your job is to coach those kids and coach the crap out of them. So don't be a cancer and then let it affect the kids. Because when it comes down to it, this is all about the kids, right? Yeah. Don't let it affect your job. Like, well, that's when it turns into and being you a cancer. You and I have talked about it. You and I have talked about it. Don't let the program affect who you are as a coach. Yeah. Like, you be, you go out there and be the best coach you can be. It don't matter what program you're in. It don't matter what your head coach is doing. It don't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what your record is. Don't let your program dictate who you are as a coach. Yeah. yeah. Don't let your other coaches around you dictate who you are as a no. coach. You go out there and coach your butt off, and that's where you'll get when you it'll wanna, pay off. When you want to get to that next level, that's where you can pull that'll yeah. go in your tool belt, and you go, like, "Hey, I'm gonna bring this out when I right. need it." Because you and I talked about it. You know, when the text a buddy, call a buddy. Yeah. Some of the best things you can do is call a buddy at another program and just talk. Yeah. Well, and most of the time when you're upset or angry, it's you just need to get it out, and then you're like, okay, it's not that bad. Like, yeah, just move, move on. on. <laughs> move on to the next and thing. And the other coach tells you what happened in their program, and then you can laugh and you can move on. Yeah, man. Yeah. But so. if you if you let that – I mean, that cancer, Bo, we, I mean, it is hard to do what we're doing. We're, we're spending a lot of time away from your family. I mean, you're not getting paid a lot. If you start losing a little bit, Losing is so terrible to people. I I love a loss. Okay, Coach Willis will laugh because he calls me Butch Jones sometimes. <laughs> like you're you're gonna find so out you, those uh, kids learn so much from losing. But as a coach, when the losses start piling up, like it's easy for that cancer just to seep in, man. Yeah, slow leak. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's another Jerryism. He it says is. it all the time. It is. I've still I've seen leak. the shirts. The slow yeah. leak. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, again. Coaching is not always going to be positive. It's not always going to be the greatest thing. I don't know that there's one staff in the entire world that everyone's just as happy as they possibly can be. No. But, again, show up, do your job, be a professional. And if you want to complain, complain to your buddies. You know, make sure it's someone you trust. And then move on. Move, move on, on to the next thing. Like, that. that's just what it's about. I mean, your move kids on. need you. And, obviously – you don't want to be that coach that's always considered the negative guy or, or the cancer you of the group. about kids, quote unquote, nowadays, how they act. And you can't act like that. Exactly. Like you can't complain about how they are and then pouting and you're not doing what you're supposed to do an individual because you're mad about something that your head coach is doing or isn't doing, or I'm not a coordinator. If I was a coordinator, I would do this. That's cancerous, Bo. Yeah. Like quit with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I think that's a pretty good spot to kind of wrap this aired out session up. Again, we could sit here and talk for hours upon hours about all kinds yeah. of stuff, and we look forward to you know bringing more stuff to the table and, and bringing more people to the table and and things yeah, like that. But definitely potentially doing a part three. Yeah. To this as well. Yeah. So again, if you're listening, you know, share it on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want to do, you know, send in questions, comments, whatever it may be. Uh, but this is our aired out session. We got one more quick little session until we are officially done with this thing. Anything else, guys? Move on to the next.
All right, we're moving up to the final drive here. All right, so we've made it to the final segment. This is the final drive. And we pretty much have this segment here for last thoughts or opinions from anybody. Recap, revisit a topic, last line from a guest or, or call it a day, whatever, or you know, questions from Twitter. But today we have a very serious, very serious topic that we need to discuss. Earlier in the episode, during the two-minute drill, Coach Brett Fields said that he or his least favorite holiday was Thanksgiving. And I, I just, I, I, I don't. What, what do you not like about Thanksgiving? What's your problem? Thanksgiving food is trash. <laughs> what? Do you not like turkey or ham? Like, okay. Or, or sweet potatoes? What, what is, I think it's just boring, man. What is wrong with you? I mean, what's boring about it? I think it's just a boring, boring. So, holiday. what do you eat on Thanksgiving? whatever is prepared but i'm not saying i enjoy it all the time i'm just like how do you not like good food that's all right just... here's another ham oh here's another <laughs> turkey here's <laughs> stuffing cool do you eat ham turkey and stuffing all all year no like then i don't so why are you not excited about the one time a year that you get it because i could care less because most people don't cook the turkey right <laughs> mike leach over here <laughs> i mean honestly mike leach on candy people... <laughs> you need to this is mike leach in person, right here. Yeah. So Tell me you don't like Halloween candy. He's like, well, you throw candy corn out there. You just that's terrible. I mean, you're, the, you're behind. Bro, there's bags of candy corn. You're behind the there with your okay, girlfriend with lemonade. The, you know. Listen, I know what you need. It and you've been there before. And this is a shout out to your AD and our boy, Coach Brian Sweeney. Coach Sweeney. If you've never been to Thanksgiving at his house, you, there's no way you gotta love that, right? I mean, it's. It's it wasn't shrimp. traditional. It wasn't traditional. It's right? crab legs. Facts. It's oysters. It wasn't like, traditional. Facts. So I just is. don't like traditional Thanksgiving because I'm just gonna hot take a <laughs> lot. A lot of the times where you're going, or people don't like to be with their families anymore. So you're going somewhere, and you're like, I'm about to have to deal with Uncle Chet. I'm about oh, to have to deal with it. Chet. This is ridiculous. And then you really just want to go home and lay on the couch after and undo your belt. You could care less about hearing about what Uncle Chet and your niece, Who he voted for. Julianne, yeah, like. I have a cousin named Julianne, but okay. Well, I mean, you don't want to hear about Julianne softball right now. You just like <laughs> fill up my plate and go home. Well, I don't even really like filling up the plate. Like, I'll eat it. But I, I like what he brought up is what I would like to do. You know, if I had a larger family, I would invite them over and do a non-conventional um, Thanksgiving. So what me and my mom have talked about is I live next to Swig and Swine on Trolley, and we're going to try to maybe get them to do like a little tailgating package for us, and we're just going to bring it, okay? So we're calling in an audible right here. We're checking <laughs> at the line, me and Ma, and we're legit just going to bring this smoked meat to my grandma's and be like, you're going to eat this, right? And we'll eat a little bit of her turkey, and she's oh, never going to listen to this, so I can tell you all the game plan, <laughs> but... She's going to cook all this turkey, and let's be real, it's probably going to be a little dry, okay? <laughs> just be wow. real. Shots and, fired. Um, we're just going to bring all the smoked meat and be like, here it is. It's pressed, man. We're going slot fade. Like, <laughs> and I'm throw it out there. there. And throw, throw it out, it out there, 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 right? So that's kind of my take on Thanksgiving. You got grandma beat. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one, like, it's 2022. People can Zoom their families and, you know, whatnot. So, honestly, you probably have some family members you really just don't want to be around. And the second part is traditional Thanksgiving food is boring. I'm not a huge side, guys, and sides are the main thing 
with me and, Thanksgiving. Me and Coach Willis are both shaking our heads. They're right shaking now. their yeah, heads. Both it's shaking terrible. Our head right this now. is the truth, man. This like, oh, there's green beans with hams in it. No, oh, green bean casserole. Cool. Yeah, green no, could care less. Baked mac and cheese. What is he talking about? I'm ashamed of you. Oh man, three people made mac and cheese. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sweet. Listen, I understand. Like, like if they put the squares of I just think it's, on it and bake it. Oh, and then let's talk about what happens after Thanksgiving. Okay. First of all, there's a Lions football game on. That's great. <laughs> so while you're having to listen to Uncle Chet talk about Julianne's volleyball that you don't want to hear about that they're overpaying for and you know she's never gonna make it to college doing it. You gotta listen to that. Wow. At grandma's getting deep. Listen, wow, wow, there's a Lions game on, so you're over there watching terrible football trying not to listen to Uncle Chet. I mean, it's just like it's overrated, man. Listen, if your uncle is Chet, I'm sorry. <laughs> or you have an Aunt Julianne in your I have a Julianne in my family. So. I'm sorry. But here's the Cousin deal. Julianne, I'm sorry. Coach Fields is from here. Check I, it at the line, Bo. I actually enjoy going home. I'm, I'm my parents are two and a half hours away. And my mom, thank you. You're a great cook. I look forward to your Thanksgiving meal. And I don't know what's wrong with Coach Fields. We're doing the first Thanksgiving at my house this year. So that's a big deal. It's a big deal. When's Uncle Chet coming over? (laughs) That day, I guess. (laughs) Cousin Julianne might be there. And what are y'all having? We're having turkey. Turkey. Ham. Crazy. Stuffing. Sweet potato That's like souffle. somebody Sweet coming in. Souffle. You're Sides. trying to hire somebody as a coordinator, and you're like, "What do you run?" And they're like, "Spread." Uh, Ooh. Power. I mean, G rap. But it's how you. But it's how you cook the spread that matters. Oh, y'all got me. Okay. Awesome. We, yeah. Well, this. Okay. This is. We've got off on a tangent. Anyway, that was our. That was our final drive. Guys, trying to roast me, and it's the truth. We I mean. we just had to revisit the whole didn't like Thanksgiving stuff, which my wife would probably agree. She's already put up Christmas, Christmas presents stuff. or Christmas stuff. So, you know, anyway, um, Christmas little, is a season. Little, little, little fun, fun little, uh, segment that we had to finish there. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, again, we appreciate all of you listening and thank you, know, you if you're listening. We appreciate yeah. it. Share it on your social media. Yeah. We, we look forward to bringing more stuff to you. Uh, you know, fun, serious, keep it real, a little bit of everything. Uh, but you know, this is the final segment, the end of the final drive here. And uh, we'll go ahead and clock this thing out. All right. That's all we've got for today's episode of the YCA podcast. Thanks for listening, and make sure you go to Spotify and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter at YCA underscore podcast. Follow, like, retweet, and share the YCA podcast, and feel free to send questions or content ideas you'd like to be covered in the future. Thanks again for listening. This is Cam Willis signing off. Until next time, see you.